Welcome to It's Time, the daily Bible teaching program of Mike Kessler, pastor of the River Christian Fellowship in Twin Falls, Idaho. Today we're going verse by verse through the book of John. So turn there in your Bibles as we join Pastor Mike. Jesus was saying these things, friends, under the most intense time of his life, right before he would go out to the Mount of Olives and be arrested. Usually when you're under that kind of stress, you're not talking about loving one another. Jesus knew that there would be a tendency to scatter if they didn't love one another because of what was going to happen later on. Now he says... By this, all will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. Simon Peter said, Lord, where are you going? By the way, he's not the only one that asked this. Andrew uh, um, asked it in the next uh, chapter as well. And it says, I will lay my life down for your sake. And Jesus answered him, will you lay your life down for my sake? Most assuredly, I say to you, Peter, before the rooster shall, shall not crow till you have denied me three times. Wow. Now, what is this? What's really amazing here is that oftentimes we think we're more than we are. Have you ever noticed that? Here he's saying, Peter, you say you won't deny me, but I'm telling you before the rooster crows, you'll deny you know me three times. Now what's hard here is I see this, is I believe Peter at the moment, at the moment was willing to die for Jesus. But as things progressed later on and towards the sunrise, Peter was warming himself by the fires of the world in the outer court where Jesus in the inner court was being interrogated, where they were punching him and beating him. And even the little servant girl comes up and says to him, you're one of his disciples, aren't you? And the Bible says Peter began to cuss and swear that he never knew who Jesus was. Isn't it funny that we don't know ourselves as much as we think we do. In fact, in the New Testament, there's a compelling verse that says, know thyself. Well, I'll tell you something. That's a scary thing if you think about it. To know who you are? Have you ever really... I mean, there was an old song by the Who years ago. Who are you? They didn't even know. Well, when you stop to think about it, when we really... You know, the Bible tells us That the heart of man is desperately wicked above all things. Who can know it? Wow. And you realize that out of the heart comes all kinds of things. This is why when we become born again, God brings his spirit into us. Now, friends, I am so glad that becoming a Christian, and it does talk about us putting on his righteousness like a coat. But the Bible also says that Jesus will come inside of us. Why is that important? Because it's from within is where our thought patterns are. And our thought patterns dictate our actions. 
So God is willing not to be an external device on us to kind of uh, modify what's coming out of us, but to come into us and change us. That's what we need. See, that's why Jesus told Nicodemus in John chapter 3, marvel not that I say to you, you must be born again. Because being born again means there's an internal change. Like you would take and raise the hood of your car with an old smoking, worn out, 300,000 mile motor and put a brand new motor in it. That's what God's saying. I'm going to put a brand new driving force inside of you. One that has not been tweaked by the world. See, the reason why I can't love sometimes is I see somebody for their failures, not for what they can be in God. So in other words, if I'm on Blue Lakes, they signal left and turn right. I have very little regard for them, especially on icy roads. When you slam on your brakes and you start going, whoosh. You see, I see that. I see that in myself. And I realized that, God, you have to daily, daily teach me how to love. Otherwise, I will see the way I used to see. Do you realize when you allow God to change the way you see others, it will change every aspect of your life? We've been over this many times before when we began the study in John that Jesus saw the disciples for what they could be, not for what they were. Friends, that is a business principle that if you apply it today, you'll find the same result. You'll get rich. A person can look at a field and one person say, what a bunch of dirt and weeds. Another person will look at it and say, wow, I see a mini mart on the corner and a strip mall and, 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 and they can see what it will be or what it can be rather than what it is. I believe this applies to the way we look at our friends, people we don't know, looking at your children, looking at your business, looking at your company, whatever it might be. If you can see through the eyes of God and say, God, open my eyes from what I see, tunnel vision, to what it can be, I believe God changes us. You see, that's how we can love. Otherwise, if we try to love somebody in their broken state, friends, we can't do it in ourselves. But I believe when we see through the eyes of God what they can be. This is why Jesus said, go preach the gospel to every creature. The attitude of some is, they're goofballs, let them die and go to hell. Well, that isn't ours. That isn't God's. God's saying, reach out to them and love them. Jesus, oftentimes, if you do just an overview of the New Testament study, The Bible will say, and Jesus, seeing the multitudes, had compassion on them as sheep without a shepherd. How do you see people? You see, and I look at that, I got to realize that, God, you have to help me. My Christianity isn't just fire insurance for pie in the sky someday. And yes, I thank God for that. But Christianity is something where I go, God, teach me how to love. Teach me how to love. How am I taught? How do I know to see that individual the way you do? Aren't you glad that God saw us, what we could be rather than what we were and changed us? You see? So I don't want to just be a person that says, Lord, thank you for giving me everything that you've given me and too bad about you. But I want to say, God, thank you for giving me what you've given me 
Wow, my hands are full. Um, here, have some. Here, have some. Here, have some. And God goes, now that's a person I can keep pouring through. So God keeps pouring through. We keep giving. That's the principle of God. And see, he says, by this, people will know we're Christians. It isn't by our hair. It isn't by our clothes we wear. It isn't by the length of our high heels. It isn't by... uh, my, My wife used to go to a church where they'd have the high heel police. And ladies, they would come up and measure your heel. If it was too long, back out in the parking lot you go. Your heels are too long. Now, when I look at this, I, I have to realize they know we're Christians by our love. You know, Jesus looked at Peter and he said, from now on, you're going to be catching men. I like that. You know, that's God's job is to clean them. We catch them, he cleans them. By the way, I like fishing. I don't like cleaning them. I just don't. Maybe I, that maybe it's just the feminine side of me coming out, but it's just the guts and all the stuff and whacking their heads off and all. You know what I'm talking about. But you know, I catch a fish. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to reel you in, dude. Jesus said to Peter, you catch them, I'll clean them. Friends, I don't want to try to be one that cleans God's fish. That's a job of the Holy Spirit. You know, when Jesus cleansed the temple, Let me share something with you. It was Jesus cleaning the temple, not people. You always let God do his job. You see, if God's doing his job, that frees me up to do something else. To be about our daddy's business. That's what we're here for. And see, we're not just saved to set, to say, oh, glory, hallelujah, pie in the sky, sweet, by and by. But I'm saved so that God then can pour his love. You know, we live in a pretty loveless world. And usually if there's love involved, it's a selfish love. I think there was an advertising slogan by Toyota years ago that kind of summarizes the 21st century mentality of love. And if you remember their slogan, it was, I love what you do for me. Remember that? But that's not really the love that I believe God is speaking of for us, for one another. It's I love what I can do for you. See, that's what God does. Over the course of being a pastor for many years, I've sat up till three in the morning in hospitals with parents and their sick babies and given up Saturday afternoons for weddings and any time sometimes for a memorial service. You know, you, 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 you look at the different things in your life that you do, but you know, those are things and what we all do for one another that Jesus would do for each other. See, that's the heart of God. That's what the heart of the message is. It isn't that put Jesus in your pocket and he'll help you fulfill your dreams. No, you put Jesus in your life and you will fulfill his dreams for you. By the way, He says, my ways are not your ways. My ways are far above your ways. And so why settle for my own second best when I can have God's 
power, derivative, and, and direction in my life saying, this is what I want you to do. I don't want to tell God what to do. You know, I see a lot of times the TV evangelists and, you know, God heal. They smack some poor guy in the head and he goes flying across the stage and crashes into four rows of pews and they cause a domino effect. Well, maybe that's a little exaggerated. But they smack a guy in the head and he goes flying backwards. You know, I, I don't want to demand things from God. I, I you know, um, respect. Lord who heals, please heal. God who, who does these wonderful things, please do this wonderful thing for, for my friend. You see, that brings a reverence into it. I don't want to tell God what to do. Oh, I, I, I don't mind petitioning God saying, Lord, I'd sure like you to do this. I'd sure like you to do that. But not my will. Yours be done. You may have a better way. You may have somebody you want me to run into or do uh, 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 a deed for you in the process of whatever this is that seems to be uncomfortable in my life right now. Jesus, in this where it says his soul was troubled was troubled, but the result of that was that we all could enter into eternal life. Friends, I just want to encourage you this morning. If you're not a believer, you're living life through your own very much tunnel vision. And the first thing you'll notice when Jesus forgives your sins is this begins to expand. And you begin to see more and more. See, that's what the Bible talks about in darkness. You know, it's funny, Judas Iscariot It goes back and it tells us in verse 30, and it was night. See, that's when people do their devious things in the dark. And I just want to encourage you. God's got a great thing for you. You say, well, what is that? This is what's so cool about God. What God has for you is for you, not for somebody else. You know, today, most most of the inspiration of the church comes from copying somebody else. Well, what are they doing over there? Oh, maybe we need to do that too. No, just get along with God and say, God, what do you want me to do for you? You see, there's a difference. When you ask God what he wants to do for you, I'm not taking somebody else's armor like they tried to put on David when he was going out to fight Saul. I'm not putting on on, on Saul's armor to go out and do something. God's got a fresh thing for you. God's inspiration is for you. People say, well, why isn't more people that are in Christianity inspired? Because we don't ask. God, whatever you want me to do, I want to do for you. That's the same thing we can all pray. Lord, what would you have me to do for your kingdom today? You say, well, where do you find that in the Bible, Mike? Well, Jesus, when he taught the disciples to pray, he said it like this. Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. That wasn't a group prayer. That was an individual prayer where God's kingdom would come about as we seek after him. And what God will do with your life is far greater than unfortunately many times today in the itching ear scenario. Put Jesus in your pocket and he'll bring you to realization of all your desires. That's not really Christianity. Real Christianity is where we come and we say, okay, God, what do you want me to do? And hold on to your car keys because you're on for a ride of your life. (laughs) 
God's got bigger plans for you than you ever dreamed. But you got to let him do that. I got to be careful in looking around and getting jealous. Well, God, look what you're doing with that person over there. And it's really good. And is that loving one another or is that being jealous of one another? Oh, well, God, you know, we need to learn how to covet God's way. What's that mean? Well, just been doing it wrong. You look at somebody's house or car and say, boy, I want that. No, you don't do that. that. That's wrong. It's covetousness. Learn to covet the way a Christian should. You, you know, God, I, I, I really like their house and I hope you give them a better one. No. See, what it is is that be happy with where God's got you. You see, we say, okay, Lord, I just want what you have for me. You know, and I think that's when we get alone with Jesus, we pray, and we just say, okay, God, do that in my life. And you're going to find that God will bless you in a way you've never known. Because seek first, Jesus said, the kingdom of God, his righteousness, and all the other things will be added unto you. I'm not doing that to get all the other things because I really don't know what I need. But God does. This morning, if you've never surrendered your life to Christ, you're living your life through your own tunnel vision. Friends, you're robbing yourself. You're saying, well, you know, I look around, God, you know, God doesn't want me to have any fun. God wants you to have fun, but he doesn't want you to kill yourself in the process. So we come to God and we say, okay, God, no longer I. That's the repentance. You know, that's when we say, God, I repent of my sins. I'm sorry of doing it my way. I'm sorry of my own personal agenda. God, I'm setting that aside. I want your agenda now. I want the higher call. And you know, the Bible says when we do that, he'll come into life, change our life, redirect our purpose in life, and bless you through eternity. You can't beat that. That's something only God can do. So this morning... If you've never prayed, you've never asked Christ in your life, we're going to pray right now. And you can change your direction. If you're a Christian that has found yourself being caught up in the wrong thinking, I want to invite you to pray and say, Lord, let's realign my purpose with yours. It's not that you're doing everything wrong, but you ever noticed in Idaho, we have... All kinds of things that can knock your wheels out of alignment. I moved up here from California years ago. Now I know everybody will hate me. No, I'm, because I'm from California. Um, but but I, I, they, they kept telling me, there's a chuck hole out there in the road. Be careful of, don't hit that. And, and I, honest, I, honest to God, this is the truth. I'm not making, I thought rock chucks lived in chuck holes. Rock Chuck, Chuck, hole, yeah. And they're everywhere. I thought they were, they were the ones out making the holes. I don't know. And I remember I hit one of those. And after I hit it, my steering wheel would no longer be like this. It would go down the road like this. Now, the car would still go straight, but you had to hold the steering wheel. It was, it was pulling because the front end was out of alignment. And I went and took it to the guy, and he goes, oh, yeah, it happens all the time. He says, these new front ends are all mounted in rubber, and everything moves around. And he says, you got to get it realigned every so often. And if you don't, your tires wear weird. If you've noticed your tires are wearing weird in your life, you need a front end alignment. 
It's not the whole car is junk. It's just that we need to realign our lives and purpose with Christ. Let him bless you. Put yourself in the place where God can bless you. You know, God's blessings, let's say, are coming down right here. But I'm over here. And God says, realign your front end, go back over here, and then I'm back under the blessings again. Be under the spout where God's glory comes out. If you need to pray, let's pray this morning. Father, I come to you in Jesus' name. And I invite you into my life. I recognize I have misplaced affections. So I ask you now to forgive me. I know I'm a sinner. And I ask you to come into my life. That my purpose on this earth, my life, would be about what you want me to do. Thank you for eternal life. But I want to start living for you right now. And so show me what you want me to do for you. And fill me with your Holy Spirit so I'll see life through your eyes. And I would just ask you, to touch me with your love. Lord, when I'm loved, I know I can love others. But so much of my life has been spent by conditional love. No more. You love me. And Lord, I love you. In Jesus' name. Amen. If you prayed that, welcome to God's family. Conditional love is always a very sad thing. What most people know in our society today and what most people accept as normal love. Conditional love is I love you if. God says I love you, period. Isn't that good to know? You can rest in him today. You see, that's what the Bible talks about. Peace that passes all understanding. The peace that passes all understanding is based upon knowing you're loved because God loves you. Not based upon performance. That sets you free. Now you're not trying to earn something that God is offering you for free. Why try to earn something that God's given you? So this morning, live in his love. If you prayed that, read your Bible. Matthew, Mark, Luke, John. Right where we're reading today, only go back to verse 3 and start reading. Or chapter 3 and start reading. Let God speak to you. We've got a little book called Time to Grow, a DVD called God of Wonders. In this movie, it shows how God made everything. It's all designed. You're not a cosmic accident. Nor is this world. So if you don't have a DVD, please pick one up. We'll have some out there. Or they should be some back there on the, on the coffee shop table. You can get, that's one I always give away on to every man and answer. And I want to make sure you have one. And you know, it's a great time of the year. If you've got somebody that's not saved, if you'll lend that out to them and say, here, watch this. Because this Christmas could change their life. 
in that there's a desire to understand who is this baby that everybody's getting all on about, uh, about born in Bethlehem and all this kind of stuff. What is this all about? See, as long as Jesus stays in the manger, he's not an issue. It's when he gets out, dies on the cross for us and wants to change our life. Now that's where the issue comes. But you know, a lot of people are looking for a change in their life. A lot of people want to make a New Year's resolution that'll stick. Well, hey, Jesus will have you blessed throughout all your life. Thank you for joining us on It's Time as Pastor Mike teaches verse by verse through the Bible. If you've missed a program or would like to catch up, you can do so by getting it from the It's Time podcast in the iTunes store or by downloading it from the It's Time website at theriverchristianfellowship.com slash it's time. On behalf of Pastor Mike and the rest of us here at the River Christian Fellowship, thank you for listening and tune in next time for It's Time. It's Time.